Do you have a, a room or a cupboard or a drawer in your house where when someone comes over to visit, you just throw all the, the, the garbage into the room? You just quickly, uh, family or the mother-in-law or someone's coming and you just take it all quick, everyone, and you push it in there and you close the doors and then you look, everything's fine. <laughs> um, when I grew up, my brother had the special cupboard. My brother, he was an expert. And he kept doing it, and he kept fooling my mom. She used to say, is your room tidy? And she'd walk in, wow, well done. I won't embarrass him, but his name's Christopher Yusebega. And <laughs> he, he stacked up this cupboard so intensely that one day, when my poor mother went in there to put in the washing, it was like a dam burst. And we were laughing for, well, still laughing, 20 years ago or something. It's the side of this, what if coming? <laughs> oh my gosh. Why am I giving you this example? Well, it's a funny example. But actually it speaks volumes about what the spiritual life is like. See, as Christians, we welcome Jesus into our home, into the home of our heart. It's this image of we want Jesus to enter in to our, our very hearts. We want him to be tangibly present to us in our lives, in a, in, a, in a real way. And often when that happens, there's parts of our hearts or parts of us that we feel like we just want to quickly sweep up into the cupboard and just hide it there. <laughs> no, you can't see that, Jesus. It's too much. <laughs> there's this part of our, ourselves that um, sometimes we can have shame. Shame is a, a powerful, powerful force in the spiritual life that when... It, it stops us from fully opening all the, all the rooms of our heart to the Lord. See, Jesus wants to be so present to us. He wants to be so present to our hearts. He wants us to open up all of it to him. See, the, the readings today, there's, there's no one probably who, who knew what shame is like than that man who was sick with leprosy. It's a great example for us in our faith of how Jesus wants to come in. And to understand what he went through, the church actually picks the first reading from the book of Leviticus. See, the third book of the Bible is Leviticus. Now, usually when people pick up the Bible and start reading from cover to cover, they get to Genesis and they, they hear the beautiful poetry and the symbolism of how God created the world and goes into this beautiful story of the first um, monotheistic family, you know, Abraham, and then all these amazing stories, and they get, to, they get to Exodus, and Moses, this great prophet, leads the people out of Egypt, and then they get to Leviticus, and they slow down. They slow down a little bit, because it's this book where God, the God of the people, holy God, he instructs Moses on all the instructions that he needs to tell his people of what is lawful what is the right way to act in the moral life, and what is the way that they're to, how they are to offer him worship, how they are to commence in ritual. It's a book of instruction of how to relate to the holy God. Now, the first reading so um, gives us the instruction of how a leper is to be treated, how someone with that horrible disease is to, be, to deal with the community, how they're to deal with him or her. See, what it says is, when the marks would appear, 
someone with leprosy would go to the priest and the priest would examine the person and if it was leprosy, then they'd be quarantined outside of the community. If it wasn't, they'd, they'd have like a seven-day thing and then they'd repeat. It's to suss out whether it is. And so they're outside of the community, living alone. And then they're also to wear torn clothing. Their clothing is to be a sign that they are sick. So they, it's torn clothing. It's not bounded nicely. They're also to keep their hair disheveled. They can't look clean and tidy. They're to cover their upper lip and they're to yell out, unclean, unclean, whenever they see people. Horrible condition. So you, you get this disease, you see the spots coming, you go to the priest and then you're immediately put into isolation. You're away from your people and you're to keep this, this clothing and this, this appearance which in the Bible actually symbolises death. It symbolises mourning. You're in a time of mourning. And what makes matters worse is that in those times, without the understanding of medical, um, understanding of diseases and that not, this was thought as a curse from God because of sin. That's, that's what they thought. They thought it usually came from your sin or sin of someone else in your family, like a parent. And so it was a great mark of shame that you can't, that you're determined to be unclean, not just dirty, but spiritually, that you can't come into the temple and worship. You can't uh, continue the usual practices of your people. Horrible condition this guy was in. And so when Jesus was there in a public place, probably, and a man with leprosy ignored all those instructions and ran directly towards him and came at his knees it's how we start our story today. It's how we start our story. A man in that terrible decision, uh, life circumstance makes a beeline towards Jesus and falls at his knees. What does he do? A man with skin disease came to him begging him and kneeling and he said to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He was certainly breaking the law in utter desperation kneeling at the feet of Jesus, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus didn't reproach him. You can imagine him there. This man, it's so much desperation. The Bible says, moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him and he said, I am willing, be made clean. This man in humility, in his shame, horrible condition, met Jesus and he encountered compassion. Jesus actually touched the man. The man was restored and after following what he was supposed to do with the priest, you could imagine what it would have been like for him to remove those garments of shame, to put on new garments, to comb his hair, to return to the community, to be restored, to be able to worship God again. That's an example of what it's like in the spiritual life, that we bring everything without shame to Jesus. We bring our whole selves, and when we come to Jesus, no matter what we bring to him, we find him in the same stance, there to, ready to put his hand out upon us in compassion, an unwavering compassion, a radical love. We find when we come to Jesus... When we open up, he will come out and touch us. 
if we humble ourselves before Jesus, fall at his feet like children, we will be met with compassion and that will transform us. There's a Bible verse I keep coming back to. Um, if you come to confession with me, maybe I'll give you that as a, as a penance or I'll preach about it. I, I love this verse. Last year I was struck, I was struck with it so, so much. It says from Psalm 1494, For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. He has such a a concern and a care for his beloved children. He delights in them. And when they come before him with humility, that's when they'll experience victory. It's when we come to the Lord humbly with all of our hearts, that's when we experience his victory. He's not asking us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. The Bible is very clear that Jesus, in Philippians 2.8, it says, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus poured out his whole life in humility, poured out his whole self for us on the cross, that nothing could ever separate us from him. As Christians, we, this should fill us with confidence that there is no drawer or cupboard in our heart that we can't open up to the Lord. Because that's who he is. That's who he is. That's who welcomes the RCIA candidates and um, um, catechumens today, the God of compassion and mercy. That's the one reaching out to you in the sacraments. That's the one who welcomes us all today into the, the beautiful sacrament that we're about to enter into. For our part, to respond to this, we humble ourselves. Before the Eucharist, we open up anything in our lives that we'd like to bring to him. This is yours, Lord. I give it to you. Come into my heart and change my life. Transform me. You might like to say that prayer today as we hold up the, the priest, hold up the Eucharist. I'm not worthy that you should enter into my, under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. If you want to, you can heal me. So, Lord Jesus, we just pray that we can open up all of our hearts to you because we believe that you can. You can make us clean. You can make us holy. You can enter into all of our hearts in a tangible way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.